0: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a AM member FDSE. What's going
1: on? Jermaine Johnson. Tune in to Turn on the Jets podcast.
0: Hey, this is Vinny Pasquantino of the Kansas City Royals. Make sure you tune into the Turn on the Jets podcast. <laughs> Welcome back to the Turn the Jets podcast. I'm your host, Will Parkinson, at WillPod11 on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Back with a third episode this week, obviously had episodes earlier in the week with Meigs, uh, JJ from over from the ringer, joined by uh, joined by special guest today. First time on the pod, host of the film room on YouTube, uh, amongst a million different other things, which we'll get into. We've got some position rankings, which again, we'll get into in a little bit, but Brett Coleman. Brett, how are we doing today, man? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. Of course, man. Of course. Uh, A lot of listeners of this pod obviously listen to Stock Exchange stuff and you guys, uh, you know, you had a good time. It was fun uh, listening to you, Connor, Trev, and and everyone kind of chop it up a little bit. Um, So I'm having kind of talk, talk a little Jets. Obviously right now, I guess we'll just start with the Aaron Rodgers stuff and get the get the kind of boring stuff, honestly, out of the way at this point. Right. What else is there really to say? Um, What have your thoughts kind of been on this saga? Are we shocked we're here or are you just like this is par for the course with uh, par for the course with number 12?
1: Aaron Rodgers who who is shocked by this <laughs>
0: like, you have
1: fun because uh you are now Packers fans like this is what Packers fans have gone through every year for like five years like pretty much ever since like the same offseason where they drafted Jordan Love like it's just been this so you're gonna love him when he's on the field but this this period from like January to August every single year is
0: agony and it's going to be like that till he retires. <laughs> now, it's what's a little frustrating, I think, now, and we talked a little bit about this in the show yesterday, is this is obviously a weird part of the calendar right before the draft, and because there's all these looming, you know, the Lamar stuff, I know you had a video out on, on the Lamar stuff, uh, I believe this week or, or a couple of weeks ago, the Rodgers stuff, there's, and there's so much quarterback talk, which always happens, but this is such a weird period, post-combine, the post-first-wave free agency. There's still a lot of the veterans out there. It's just like a waiting period, and Rodgers feels like he's holding up. I know it's not necessarily just him. I know there's a lot of stuff with the Packers and the, and the Jets in terms of negotiations, but it feels like it's holding up the entire offseason right now. Like, we can't even really talk about the draft because we don't really know where people are going to be picking. You know, the, the, Jets, the Jets give up the 13th pick, which they're not going to, but if they did, changes everyone's kind of coverage of the draft. Right now the Packers have two top 15 picks. What do you think the compensation ends up being? Obviously, that's the biggest talking point right now. Is uh, is it a two and a conditional two? Is, is it true that Joe Douglas really only offered a four to start? Like, Where do you kind of land on, uh, on all that?
1: If it was me, there is no way in hell I'm giving up 13 for a quarterback that you might only have for one year in a loaded AFC, so you're still not even guaranteed to make a deep run. It's like I'm not giving up 13th overall pick for a maybe. I'll give you a two. And then if he comes back for another year, you get another two. And if we win a Super Bowl, that two becomes a one. How about that? Like, because yeah. Yeah. I'll give up a first round pick for a Super Bowl. But like, you know, I don't give up 2 I'll give up a second round pick for every single year that we have Rogers, which is going to be like two years max, probably anyway. But like, I'm not giving a one. No way.
0: Like, I, like We need a left tackle right now. Like, I'm not I'm not giving a one. Yeah, we're we're gonna get into a little bit of the tackle conversation. It is interesting. This the Jets, uh, the Jets fans beef with the Packers beat writers at the moment. Um, it is, it is, it is some crazy content. I i got i got caught in a loophole this morning at like 5 a.m. reading Jets and Packers fans going at each other and <laughs> you suck. You don't have a Super Bowl. We beat you this year. Wisconsin sucks. No, New York is disgusting. It was like wow. Didn't realize these fan bases hate each other so much. That's what Rogers <laughs> does to you, I guess it's the
1: weirdest rivalry in sports.
0: <laughs> it's, it's almost as weird as the Jets Seahawks one, which the Jets and Seahawks really uh, you know benefited from Russell Wilson getting traded to Denver, um, maybe in, in both ways. Obviously, if the Jets end up with Rogers, I want to ask you quickly about the you know the Odell situation. Just because is he worth it? Like I know in name he is, and he looked really good in the playoffs two years ago. He also didn't play football last year, and I'm not sure bulking Odell Beckham looked like the the smoothest um, smoothest player in that uh, in that workout. Didn't look the fastest, uh, you know, like he did a couple years ago. I think it depends on how how much you're paying him, right? Like I think that's the
1: operative question. Um, I can't remember he he came out and said that a report that he wanted like 20 million wasn't accurate but
0: i'm like okay but do you want 18 <laughs> like, yeah, and, and then it came out there was 15 and then he was like that's not necessarily true but like i feel like he'd be signed if it was 10 million bucks right like i feel like he'd make the same money as alan lazard or Corey davis like he's probably getting that now i just feel like he's asking for more than he's probably thinks he is he's worth a i think he's
1: holding out to see what happens with rogers um and B he's probably holding out and this is tangentially related he's probably holding out to see what happens with Hopkins because if Hopkins is not going to Kansas City who's like obviously in on him and who know like Arizona's holding out for the best deal they can get they're not getting a second round pick there's no way but like you know if if the if it completely evaporates and Hopkins is not going to Kansas City then Odell is like hey guys I'm here you know so like he's not necessarily incentivized to sign yet but there is a little bit of pressure that he probably should do it before the draft because once the draft happens and receivers get drafted spots start drying up right so like things could heat up in a couple weeks depending on what's happening with this Hopkins thing um, and what's happening with the Rodgers thing if a trade gets made pre-draft
0: which it probably will be like I, I think the Odell domino falls very quickly after those two Yeah, I'm on the same page you because I tweeted out the other day and we had a little bit of a – we talked about this yesterday. I know they need to probably go a line at 13 and it probably will be tackle and then probably center at 42 or 43. If JSN's there and the top three tackles are gone and they don't have Odell, it's hard for me to not go, hmm, JSN, Garrett Wilson, Lazard, McCall Hardman with Rodgers. It's pretty damn good. Like that that to me gets me like, wow, all right. And you heard Brian Hartline the other day. He had no problem just – Jason, right, is you know, is above Olave, above Wilson, above, you know, McClory, other guys like that. I want to get let's transition, I guess, in the draft. Obviously, again, we, you know, we have your positional rankings, interior defensive line, I believe, an edge coming out next week. And we'll get to defensive line as the Jets just signed a defensive line like five minutes ago So we're recording. Tackle and center are the biggest kind of probably the biggest needs on the Jets roster right now. I know linebacker safety, you can make the argument. Again, interior defensive line is a problem. Next to Quinn and Williams, they're still white there with losing Sheldon Rankins. Is there one of the tackles you like better than the other three of those top three guys? I feel like every, no matter who, everyone you look at, someone has Skronsky at one, someone has Paris Johnson, yeah. some people like Roger Jones, although maybe Roger Jones would just be one if he didn't wear 59, but that's a whole nother discussion. <laughs> um, is there any one of those guys you like better uh, than the other?
1: In terms of fit for the Jets specifically uh Paris Johnson's number one for me like if I was in the Jets front office Paris Johnson would be number one just because of like what they like to do in the run game and, and Paris Johnson fits that plus like he has versatility and, and you know Connor brought this up when I was on Stock Exchange like he's played guard before and more importantly he's played right guard before so like he switched sides he's played interior so like even if I mean, I don't, I have no idea what's going on. Mekhi Becton, like, I, I don't know. That's been a whole thing for like three years now. If somehow Mekhi Becton is in the organization's good graces again, and he's playing left tackle or Dwayne is playing left tackle um, and, and, you know, Lakin or, or AVT somehow go down with an injury, you could put Paris Johnson on either side on guard and be fine. But I would rather draft Johnson knowing that he can play left tackle because I don't know what's going on with the Kaipecton. and that's what that's what makes me really kind of prioritize that pick is like i'm I'm not even confident that the Kai's going to be on the roster in September. Not that I didn't love him as a prospect. I do. I just get the sense that the Jets
0: aren't super enthusiastic about him. and and we've never really gotten a clear answer on that, yeah. look, I, I think, I know Connor and, and Joe made this, this point on Badlands, so uh, you know, I'll give them a shout-out because it's not an original point. But we're going to know pretty quickly in the Thursday night of draft night how they feel about Makai Beckton. Because if they go and draft a tackle, um, to me it signals we don't trust that Dwayne, Mekhi, or Max Mitchell can stay uh, – we, we don't trust that more than one of them is going to stay healthy and give us a quality 17 games – Dwayne Brown was still pretty good in the beginning of last year. Obviously, the shoulder started to to be a problem at 40 years old, playing with one shoulder is impossible, especially when Zach Wilson's back there running around like a lunatic. And then on the right side, obviously, Max Mitchell had some nice moments, but I also think the expectations need to be tempered a little bit. I think people said, oh, he doesn't suck when he started, which is nice for a fourth-round rookie starting your first game against a Ravens defensive line, et cetera. That said, I don't – I think we're looking at Jonathan Ogden here. So I think it's also just, again, tempering expectations. And Becton looks great. He seems like he's in a positive mindset. He's a, he's a father now. All these different things are great. But we haven't seen him play football in two years again. So that part to me is going to be, you know, that's going to be a, a crucial thing in how ABT, can Lincoln Tomlinson look like 2021, 2022, Lincoln Tomlinson? Because last year it was a tough year. I was curious, the Jets are in on Ben Jones, it seems like. Um, well, from from everything, you know, we've kind of heard it. they're in on him. I know he had the concussion issues. Then there's, you know, Whipler, Titman, John Michael Schmidt, all these guys. Um, you know, in round two, it feels like 42, 43 range. We could see a r- little bit of a run on center. Do you would you if you're you put your Joe Douglas head on, are you like, let's sign a guy and draft a guy, or are you like, let's just wait for the draft? Or like, how do you kind of approach this? Cause centers are position I feel like we forget about, and then the really good teams all have really good centers that are impactful.
1: I think that Ben Jones will be available through the draft. I think if he was going to be signed, it would have already happened. So I would see if they get John Michael Schmitz. And if they don't, then I would probably sign Ben Jones. um, And then later in the draft, uh, draft Juice Scruggs from Penn State, who's another like underrated, you know, lighter on his feet, zone center. Good guy, really smart. Um, Just put out an interview with him over, over on our channel um you know and basically was like talking through protections with him talking through you know how different combo blocks change against certain alignment like he's a really really smart guy and he's really good in the zone so he's a scheme fit but he's gonna go way after jms so if we don't get jms a combo of ben jones and Juice scruggs and scruggs can also play guard by the way too um i think is probably the way i would go with it
0: yeah like i think that the offensive line stuff is i know it's boring for a lot of people it's like We always want to score points, but you do need to protect Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I think the stats got put out there the other day, like top two quarterback in football when he's protected, even last year. As he gets older, a lot of the kind of random bullshit Aaron Rodgers does that's really fun to watch, it's harder and harder to kind of get away with. Um, I want to kind of transition to the defensive side of the ball. Obviously, as I mentioned, you got the interior defensive line and edge stuff coming out next week. Interior defensive line, Quinton Williams is awesome. Uh, he's going to get paid soon. I know people are a little anxious about that. I think this is just a matter of like, once we figure out what Rogers, once he gets is a part of the roster, you can kind of figure out everyone else, how much cap you need to push down the road, et cetera. They don't really have much next to him. Um, is there a guy, there's a couple of defensive, uh, you know, interior defensive guys, on uh, maybe day two or maybe early day three that you like in, in particular, um, that could be maybe a potential fit for the Jets.
1: Yeah, day two. I think it's uh, it's a different group if we're looking at top of day two versus bottom of day two. Um, top of day two, if Mozzie Smith is there at top of round two, I would heavily consider that. Um, you know, he he's the type of guy where, especially with uh, with the types of fronts that they play in nickel, and nickel is going to be the most common personnel grouping that they're in. You know, typically it's uh, edge two I three technique edge. Uh, and Mozzie Smith is just an absolute warrior at, at two eye or no shade, depending on the, on the way they want to play the front. Um, you can even line him up as a true zero and he is just so dominant against the run and he's a good pocket pusher. I, I don't necessarily think he provides any, any like crazy pass rush versatility, but like they have other guys that can rush interior next to Quinn. And I'm not really worried about that part on third down. What I am worried about is first and second down can we get this team into third and seven so that Quinn and all the edges can go hunt? Uh, Mozzie Smith would be the one to do that for me. If we miss out on him, um, there's a coastal Carolina kid, uh, Gerard Clark, uh, I believe is his name. who's like six four three thirty, 330, just an absolute massive human being, gigantic human being, but way more explosive than he should be at his size. Um, he kind of reminds me of like Jordan Phillips over on the bills, uh, when Phillips is kind of in his prime, like same general frame and just like can be physically overwhelming at times. Um, and I'm trying to think of like another guy that I could feel comfortable putting at two I. There's, there, there is one Kobe Turner from wake forest. Who's more of a three tech to me, but I think you can put him, um, again, if you're in nickel, uh, you know, you can put him at two eye or no shade a little bit and then feel comfortable that if we have to shift pre-snap and, and have Quinnon play that kind of quasi nose tackle role, you know, off motion, instead of flipping guys around, we just shift. Now Kobe's a three technique. He's the one who has to be the penetrator and he's quick enough to do that. Um, but I think his true, like more natural spot is like full-time three technique. Um, also fun fact, he is like almost 10 pounds heavier than Aaron Donald and put up a faster three cone. He's an absolutely absurd athlete, Uh, fifth year, senior Uh, transferred in from Richmond got his master's in uh, like music theory he like conducts orchestras and stuff on the side
0: whip smart guy great football character and just a freak athlete yeah they just uh, they just had Scott um, you know Scott Matlock come in from uh, interior defensive line guy from Boise State in uh, I believe today or yesterday um they signed Quentin Jefferson uh, from the Seahawks. Had five and a half sacks last year. Yeah, like five minutes ago. I don't know. You signed Q Jeff? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. That was uh, right as we, we hopped on. I was literally like trying to send you send you the link to uh, to hop on here, and they signed him right away. They're still in on Al Woods and potentially Aishon Robinson as well. Um, so uh, we'll see what happens there. Obviously, um, there's two other you know two other holes I would say, and then kind of want to get like a more of a big picture question about the Jets. Linebacker and safety are a bit weird with the Jets because they have some – you could convince yourself they're fine at at both positions. Uh, They love Tony Adams in that building. You talk to any coach in that building, they love Tony Adams. Whitehead obviously had – I would say like his year was like a 7 out of 10. The problem is that I would say his worst plays of the year all kind of broke for like huge plays in games that – yeah you know, there's a couple ones against the Patriots. There's one against the Jags. Other than that, safety feels a little light. Joyner had a nice start to the year. Then it just kind of fell off a cliff, which is for a guy who hadn't played football in multiple years due to injury. Not super surprising. Um, I don't think they're going safety at 13. I just don't – like, I just – Brian Branch didn't test well enough for that to even be in a conversation. They'll have Michael Carter. There's not really a need for it. Is safety like a day three? You kind of just, hey, like our weakest spot is one of our safeties. Like, we'll figure it out from there.
1: Yeah, it probably is. And that's just the nature of of this safety class uh, and also kind of the way they play defense. Right. Because like the, the top end safeties to me, or at least some of the top end safeties to me in this class are like Jartavius Martin from Illinois. But I don't necessarily think that Martin fits the Jets because I see him as like a hybrid safety slash nickel, but they don't need a nickel. Yeah. Like they don't need a guy to play the slot. Um you know, and, and they don't need a guy to be like the third safety that just drops down in and, and nickel and plays slide. Because that's what Martin does really well. He's like, yeah, we could put him in the post and he's super rangy and all that kind of stuff. But like when we go into nickel, you drop him down inside. He's not going to do that there. Um, he'll do it really well for somebody else though. Uh, so in terms of like, okay, who's a safety that like fits what they actually need that they would actually draft? Um, I look at Quendell Johnson as a day three guy from Memphis. Again, another guy with nickel versatility, but um, is not going to live there as much as, say, Jartavius Martin. Um, and I think, you know, kind of looking at at how the Jets' defense functions, they do tend to kind of put their safeties out on islands sometimes, especially with all the quarter stuff that they do, um, where you're basically just playing nickel but with a 15-yard cushion. So I think Quindle Johnson could survive there better than a lot of the other safeties in this class, obviously not named Jartavius Martin, who's better than, better at it than him. Um, but you're going to get him in like fifth round, maybe even the sixth round, and he's a really solid cover safety um, is not the biggest guy. So, you know, people would have questions about run support, but I never saw any issues with tackling. He's just not super big. So I would say that if, if we're trying to, you know, value dive for that position, Quintel Johnson from
0: Memphis is the one. Yeah, no, I, I was going to say that's a name that that I, you know, you ask people at the combine, he's a name that kind of popped a little bit. It was interesting that, you know, I just expect the Jets just, you know, they're going to draft a senior bowl guy or two. They just literally love the senior bowl. And it's like a 49ers, Jets, like Seahawks, those guys literally, you know, live at the senior bowl. I love this class this year, unfortunately being you know you know fly down to mobile and spend uh some money out of my pocket for half the class to pull out but you know that happens every year unfortunately <laughs> I guess big big picture right like you mentioned it earlier in terms of when I was asking kind of about the value I could make I think I can make a case the Jets with a healthy Rogers and a fixed offensive line or like the second best team in the AFC and I could also make a case they're like the sixth or seventh best team in the AFC or eighth right like I guess it really depends on what Rodgers you get, because if you get last year's Rodgers, they're probably a 9 or 10 win team that can maybe win a playoff game. If you get anything close to 2021-2022 and Garrett Wilson takes another leap, I don't know. The Jets are pretty – I mean, you're getting an MVP-level quarterback with a really talented roster. Where does – like what, I guess, needs to break one way or another for them to kind of be able to compete with Cincinnati, Kansas City, Buffalo versus – you know, maybe being a team that's kind of similar to like Miami last year with just a healthy quarterback—that's fun. But are they really going to go and compete? You know, to win a Super Bowl, probably not. You know, what's it's tough a tough about- question, obviously, because <laughs> we talked about back then. That's obviously one of those things that that you know is tough.
1: You know, it, let's say they get Paris Johnson and they don't have to give up 13. They get Paris Johnson as a left tackle. He's rock solid. The offensive line is great. The receiving core is talented you know, all that stuff, Brees comes back, he's healthy, defense fills in the very few gaps they have, they're rocking and rolling. It's kind of hard to mess that up. Like you would you have act to really be, try. You have to really, like you have to be Zach Wilson to mess that up. Right. Um, so I could see the argument for being, you know, second or third best team in the AFC. Dare I say the first best team, if Rodgers is playing like 2021 Rodgers. Uh, Here's the problem, though. I don't know if Rodgers ever played in a division like this one when he was in the NFC North. Because, like, every once in a while, the Vikings would have a great year. You know, the Bears would have a great year or two every now and then. Uh, You know, the Lions would have a couple sneaky seasons every now and then. But, like, they never had a year where, like, okay, the Bills are a threshing machine. The Dolphins, super scary. And the Patriots are, quote, unquote, the worst team in the division. And they're still probably – going to be like a nine win team right so it's like i don't know if rogers ever played in that kind of division that's just going to cannibalize each other the entire year so even if the jets are that good of a team i don't even think the record would show it like i i think they would still you know potentially be a fifth seed even if they're better than seeds you know two through four so i think jets fans need to be
0: prepared that like the record might lie to you a little bit and just let it shake out in January. Yeah, look, I think the end of the day it's gotta just you gotta get in the playoffs and, and get in there. And you think anyone could get hot maybe. Um, should the I mean, for me, the goal is they had to host a playoff game. They haven't hosted a playoff game since two thousand two. At some point, um, this that building wants to host the playoff game more than anything. But at the same time, you're gonna have to stay healthy on the offensive line. It can't be you can't be in your ninth string tackle by week four. And Rodgers can't get hurt. Um you know, I, I the Jets have had horrible quarterback injury luck, you know, I guess in, in theory last year, Zach Wilson getting hurt wasn't the worst thing for them, but uh, <laughs> not 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 for nothing. They still, you know, they haven't gotten more than 13 starts out of a starter since 2015. Um, that's not great. Uh, but I, I kind of want to ask you just quickly on you know, two or three kind of just big, you know, big picture NFL offseason topics. The Jets could become a factor in Lamar if this thing obviously drags on long enough that something happens and breaks down. Like, the Jets would very much be it on Lamar. I think it's it's just they're trying to do right by Rodgers. You don't want to piss him off. And he's not on your team yet. You can't really afford to have him go, oh, yeah, actually, I don't want to play for you either. Doesn't it just, this whole situation feel weird? That Ravens press conference yesterday was super weird. That felt very, like, very unkosher, honestly, what was going on there the Colts kind of feel like they make a lot of sense at four, like they don't want to, obviously don't want to trade four overall. So does it happen after the draft? I just don't know where he ends up like Detroit, Minnesota. That like sounds like a good idea, but are they going to pass on off coming off a great year? I don't know. It just is what happens here. This is such a weird situation where an MVP is on the market and I don't know. There's not, I don't see that many fits.
1: The problem is again, it's, it's, it's not that he's not a great player. It's that teams are, Looking at what happened to Cleveland and they are scared to death. Because for the next three consecutive years after 2023, for the next three consecutive years, Deshaun Watson's cap hits 65 million a year. And it can literally only go up. With the one exception of if they do some contract fuckery and add void years on the back end, that is the only way that it, it can go theoretically down because then you can do some salary conversions and stuff like that. But it's like, if you're locked into, we're adding void years to potentially have like a hundred million dollar cap hit slam home in a few years, or we're extending a quarterback who didn't even play average last year. If we're, if we're forced into extending him when he might never get back to what he was before. And he's costing sixty-five million against the cap per year. Like owners are terrified of that situation; they're absolutely terrified. And and beyond the whole, like there are some owners that are cash poor, and you know, coming up with one hundred fifty million, you got to throw into escrow. Like some franchises can, and some can't. That is a reality. The Cardinals, absolutely no way. Like I'm on. I'm honestly shocked they did the deal that they did for Kyler. I didn't think they had that kind of scratch. You know, the Bengals took a a stadium naming rights deal specifically to pay for Joe Burrow. It's the only reason they did it. They didn't have the cash. So some owners can do it. Some owners can't. I think the Ravens theoretically could. They have the cash to do it. But they're literally looking at what their division rival is going through right now. And they're saying, we don't want to deal with that shit. Like, we don't want to do that. So there has to be some sort of middle ground here. You know, maybe a four-year deal with two void years on the back end, like something. But like five years, guaranteed, it's not going to happen. It's just not.
0: Yeah, no, look, I I had a couple, I had you know, Jason and Brad both on the show, and they both kind of were talking about, like, this contract's tough, but it's also tough because you have to give up two ones. Like, I think we – and I'm not saying it's – Lamar's worth two ones. I'm not saying he's not. Obviously, in a vacuum, you'd give up two ones for Lamar. Or if he was just a free agent, you could settle with, okay, our quarterbacks gonna be super expensive, but we can still use these two first-round picks to address other needs. It's kind of – it's tough. That's why the Rogers thing, you know – Again, that's another reason why the Packers, you know, I don't think have a lot of leverage because the Jets are willing to give, pay that cash. Like not all these owner, not other owners that may have been interested in the Raiders uh, specifically may have been willing to give, you know, an Aaron Rodgers 60 million or a Lamar, that type of money. The other thing I want to ask you, obviously the quarter, this quarterback debate of like what happens one through four, I know you had it on the show, you know, it's not a exchange, you got you talk about it on, on your channel as well. I don't really like, I like C.J. Stroud. I kind of feel like he's a little bit supercharged Jared Goff, which, again, it's not a bad thing. Jared Goff threw for 30 touchdowns. He's gotten to a Super Bowl. I like Bryce Young a lot. I I do worry the fact that, like, I don't know. I I played tight end at 240, and, like, I thought I was going to die, let alone, you know, someone playing quarterback (laughs) at 175 pounds. And then you look at Richardson, I feel like there's just, like, this – you either think he's going to be the best quarterback in the class or you think he's just not very good. And then Levis is – I don't know. I don't know what to make of Will Levis. <laughs> it's like, are you really that confident in yourself or are you, like, trying to portray this, like, Zlatan Ibrahimovic, like, confidence of in Ronaldo, confidence in yourself? I don't know. Like, what is it? It's like he, like, looked me in the eye at the combine. It was like, I'm the best throw of the floor. I was like, dude, just ask the question, okay? Like, just ask one question. So, yeah. where do you kind of shake out on, on these quarterbacks? Because I think – and this affects the Jets. If there's a run one through four or one through five on these quarterbacks – you know, it could affect what tackles are there, what tackles aren't, or in what kind of, you know, Jalen Carter, these other guys that could fall or not fall.
1: I think your read on Levis is very similar to the read that teams have had on Levis. And that's why all we're, all these teams that we're hearing about, oh, they're trying to go up to three. And there's a lot of them, more than people think. um, They're not going up for Levis. They're going up for Richardson. And And I think part of that is what, to what you were alluding to yeah uh if levis goes in the first round i think he is going to fall um i'd be i'd be if i was going to put cash on anything it's that he falls out of the top 10 uh not that he won't go in the first round but like i'm more thinking the more realistic option here is tampa not the titans you know um richardson i would bet my house is going third the only thing is i don't know what team yeah you know, because they're the Colts are probably in on it. The Lions are probably in on it. Uh, even the Raiders, you know, maybe they were poking around. Um, kind of depends for them because they they signed two veteran. court. Like who knows, right? But I guarantee they've done homework on it. You know, they probably made a couple calls, checking prices, all that kind of stuff. And there's probably some teams that 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 you know nobody's considered yet. The Patriots I'm, wouldn't be that crazy, yeah. It wouldn't. Okay, you're in the AFC. You got to deal with Mahomes, Burrow, Herbert. Uh, you got to deal with Rogers now. You got to deal with uh, Trevor Lawrence. Like, if you don't have a superhuman, you're screwed anyway. So, yeah, I don't. I don't blame the Patriots if they're doing homework on it. I'm not saying yeah. they are. I don't. I'm not. I'm not a news yeah. guy. I'm not reporting it. But like, they probably at least made a call just to see.
0: <laughs> yeah like why I mean, you have to right like and is Deshaun Watson going to be terrible next year probably not right like he was a top five quarterback 12 24 months ago obviously and then we don't even talk about Deshaun anymore because he was so bad last year but and well, for other reasons as well Cam Newton that was an interesting way of phrasing Deshaun Watson's reason you want to back him up for being a good guy but um, nevertheless that was uh Wait, maybe I'm just Cam, Newton Cam, said, Cam, what Cam went through the list of the reasons he wants would back up specific team quarterbacks in the league and he referred to deshaun watson as he's really impressed with the kind of person he he is and has become amidst turmoil um boy yeah the the words amidst turmoil are a lot of heavy lifting read the room uh read (laughs) the room dude you are not in the league i would assume you'd like to get back in the league so maybe referring to deshaun watson as a high character guy um Wasn't there. Don't know any of the specifics of the trial other than what I've read, but um, not great. Um, Lastly, I just want to ask you, because it was kind of a debate going around. I know we talked about, you know, tackle 13 realistically. Maybe it's a receiver. If things break a certain way, they figure out tackle internally. There's been a lot of buzz specifically on, you know, more on ESPN. And we've seen some of this like Hooker and Levis at 13 with the Jets of like, should they just draft a quarterback and, Go. This is our shot to kind of be able to sit him. I don't think either of those guys should be getting taken at thirteen. Personally, like, just even if it wasn't the Jets, is it a crazy idea though? Like, or is this is it just more like for TV and for clicks, or is that something that if the Jets did that, you'd be like, I guess I see why you're doing this, but all this at the same time, isn't that the reason part of the reason rogers hates Green Bay right now is because they just did that to him three years ago?
1: So you're saying Hooker at thirteen to the
0: That's Jets? That's what my T. Mocked Hooker to the Jets at thirteen yesterday, and I was like, "I don't Dude. know if I'm missing something. <laughs> I didn't see that on tape, but whatever. I don't know." <laughs> he's out of his mind to be thinking. Well, he mocked him at five to Seattle last week, so that's
1: uh, not an excuse.
0: <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so I guess he's getting, you know, he's going back next. He'll be at Minnesota. Then he'll.
1: I then just <laughs> okay. Here's the so the the Hendon Hooker thing fascinates me because. There's so many different components of the evaluation, right? Like Hendon Hooker in the locker room as a leader, as a person, is like A+++++. plus 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 plus. Here's the thing. 25-year-old quarterback coming off a significant knee injury, playing in an offense that doesn't really
0: translate to the NFL for a lot of reasons. Yeah, can you drop like, back at all, or are you just going to stand in shotgun and just like it's it's not inch? even
1: it's like okay, there are teams that run slot choice in the NFL, but that's one of many plays that they run. That's one of many concepts that they run. They still have full field reads and all that kind of stuff. Like Tennessee was like, we run slot choice, and we run slot choice, and we're going to run it again. Run <laughs> slot choice, <laughs> like it's it's like they ran like ten plays. I I just I don't it he's going to have to sit and learn for a while because of the system that he came out of. Yeah. And it's not the same as like, Oh, all these air raid quarterbacks don't translate to the NFL. Like that was a belief that I once had. That was one of the reasons I was kind of like, and Patrick Mahomes. I was like, we've never seen an air raid quarterback work in the NFL until the NFL decided that they were all going to run air raid anyway. So it didn't matter. Nobody's running the Tennessee offense in the NFL right now so it's not it's not a one-to-one comparison like this is not the same thing as as the nfl embracing air raid they're not going to run tennessee's offense it would get absolutely shit canned in the nfl so it's going to take a while for him to adjust and learn
0: yeah i'm just and i just total reconstructing construct like his he's 2023 season i guess like at best he's like dressing towards the end of the year he's already 25 he'll be 20 like I'm not saying the age thing always matters. We did it with Sam, I did it with Sam Darnold for like three years. So I was like, he's still only 22 years old. Like, he's four years younger than Joe Burrow. It's like, well, Joe Burrow is actually good at football, so um <laughs> that that matters. But it's it's not like a, a Stetson Bennett where you like you know what his trajectory is and you're taking him in round six. This is a if you're gonna take a guy in the first round. He better either be like a super talented, like at least. I didn't like Jordan Love coming out of college, but at least you can make the excuse like, oh, he's hyper talented. This is why we're doing it. Or, you know, or other guys like that. This to me doesn't, doesn't feel that way. Last question before we wrap here, Are, how on a scale of one to 10, like Zach Wilson being a top five worst first round quarterback ever, were, did you see that coming? Or were you like, he might bust, but this is not, I it wasn't seeing bench for a fourth string CFL tight end and a prime time in a must-win playoff game, essentially. It's,
1: it's complicated, because I had him as QB4 in that class. So it's like I didn't like him as much as I liked Lawrence and, and Fields, Fields or Lawrence and Fields was 1A, 1B, and then I had Lance as, as like right after that. And then I had a gap, and then it was Zach Wilson. So it's like I didn't like him as much as the other guys. That being said, I still had quarterbacks going 1 through 4 in my mock draft. So it's like I still I still had him going pretty high. I just didn't like him as much as the quarterbacks that at least the two quarterbacks that have worked out so far. So it's like I was right for the wrong reasons and wrong for the right reasons. You know, um, the reason why I still had him going high was because of the talent that he had and the throws that he was able to make out of structure. I was like, look, when things break down, he can still make stuff happen. That's a valuable skill set to have. My number one complaint with him, though, the reason why I had him at QB four was because all the in-structure stuff he didn't really do that well. And I was like, okay, if he could just learn to play in structure and then just have that out of structure stuff as his curveball, we're good to go. The in-structure stuff though got worse once he went to the NFL. And unfortunately, I think what really derailed his career was something completely out of his control. And that was when Greg Knapp died. Like that that was who was going to develop him and teach him and and get him to where they wanted him to be. And when he wasn't there, um, you know, from the, uh, unfortunately from the accident, like they didn't really have anybody else to get him to that spot. And I think it really derailed his career. Um, I don't think Zach Wilson's a bad person. I really don't. I definitely think the locker room doesn't like him, but I don't necessarily think he's a bad person. I think he just needs a fresh start somewhere else. So whether he's like a top five worst quarterback pick, I mean, theoretically, yeah, just because of like, he's he's not going to be starting that many games and they spend the second overall pick on him. And he's probably going to be shipped out of town either at the end of his rookie contract or before it. So it's like, yeah, that's a resume of like top five worst pick. Um, but I think that it's a very complicated question because the talent is there. And I think if there was a, a different situation and unfortunately, if Greg Knapp was still with us, you know, maybe things would have broke differently um, but I
0: guess by the letter of the law, yeah, he's probably up there for, for worse picks. <laughs> yeah. Look, I, I think, you know, I I've rehashed just a bunch. I, I do think it's highly unfortunate. He, like, he's going to get a million reps this off season. He's going to play every single snap of the hall of fame game. And he's going to play every single snap of the entire rest of the preseason Rogers, obviously he's going to play. And, um, Tim Boyle is not going to, you know, steal reps from anybody. Um, that said, at this point, it's highly, it's just entirely the whole situation has been highly unfortunate. I think you know, it, it is unfortunate when you ask Coastal Carolina players at the combine, who's the guy they liked playing in college, in college the best. And it's like usually it's a quarterback for a reason. I was like, oh, I'm so excited to compete against him, Not like, yeah, we wanted to go beat up this kid from BYU. Like it just <laughs> that came off to me really weird. And I was like, oh God, this might be bad. But when you're EPA for plays, your best ever in an NFL game, pretty much your first game and then it goes down. It's Usually not ideal. Um, That said, he can watch his idol Aaron Rodgers play quarterback for the Jets and, um, you know, be probably the Jets player, best player to ever play for the Jets the second he puts on a jersey, which is pretty cool. Um, But obviously, you know, um, as you mentioned, I'll give you a second, you kind of plug what's coming out. Again, I mentioned interior defensive line edge stuff coming out, Um, you know, early next week, obviously, a lot of the stuff. I think most people that listen to this show probably are very familiar with the film room um, and your stuff on YouTube and the pod and everything like that. But, um, yeah, it's been a lot of fun, obviously. A lot of hypotheticals here, but, you know, that's the best time of year in April. It's just It's all hypotheticals.
1: Yeah, it's all it's all we got to work with in draft season is just what if. You know? Yeah, it's just like, <laughs> then we get, this then sounds we get to OTAs cool. And that's when we're like, oh, shit, okay. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Actually, we, have a, yeah. we have a hole here. This is this is bad, or this cool. guy is not not very good um you know the infamous stories of the rookie quarterbacks their first practice like oh shit we got this pick wrong uh, <laughs> but uh no obviously uh, you know appreciate you taking some time and um yeah no i uh, make sure everyone's uh, you know tuned in the channel and uh, you know we'll talk to you guys we'll be back we might have an episode saturday um you know my grd might be on saturday or monday so we'll kind of stay tuned for that but um appreciate everyone uh tune in and, and we'll talk to you guys next week